Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jamie Wilkerson. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. Well, you're always looking well, if that's a measure. Thank Thanks you. for joining us today. So good to be here. And we are so excited to have guests with us today who are in our studio because of a tragedy, actually. Uh, there are current events in our world that sometimes we miss. The headlines are jammed with all kinds of news from different quarters of the globe and uh, here at home. But sometimes we miss some of the things. Some headlines don't rise to the surface the way others do, but that doesn't mean they're of less consequence. And our guests today are people who are eyewitnesses to news that's going on right now. And they're with us to tell us a little bit about that story and how they got there. Jamie, have you ever been to Haiti? I haven't been to Haiti. Have you ever heard about Haiti? Yes, I have. Okay, so what have you heard about Haiti? I mean, just when I say the word Haiti, what comes to your mind? Really good food. I have (laughs) (laughs) have several um, Haitian friends who are always, um, when I lived in Chicago, especially inviting me, they invited me over to partake in the most some of the most delicious food I've ever had. So there you have it. The every cuisine. time I think of Haiti, I think of the cuisine. It has a very unique culture. Yes. Demonstrated by its cuisine and a unique history, a little yes. different than uh, its neighboring countries. Haiti is a world unto itself. And with us today, we have two people who call Haiti home, Mark and Kathy Fulton. Mark and Kathy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jim. And when I say you call Haiti home, well, yes, that's where you live. That's where your home is today. But you have another home, too, because you are Americans, born and raised in the States. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? I grew up uh, north of Indianapolis. In Indiana. In Indiana. How about you, Mark? Another Hoosier here, too. Another Hoosier. So, Indiana. So, Indiana uh, True and blue. In fact, let me just say about Kathy, she has a very checkered past because she not only didn't just grow up north of Indianapolis, she was like in the fan base for the Indianapolis Colts. Is that true? That that's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Even to the place that you got on the field cheerleading, is that possible? Cheerleader for one season, yes. For one season, unforgettable. (laughs) Probably their greatest season too, the Colts. We won't look at that record. All right, but professionally, you've moved on from that. Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) And you and Mark are married. You have some children. Yeah. yeah, How many of those? Three kids. Um, One of them's married, and they have our two adorable grandchildren. And two more. Two more kids. Two more kids. Yes, we. Um, yeah, we have a musician. We have a soon-to-be um, doctor, somebody engineer, and we also have um, someone in administration at the school system locally. It's all good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, Mark, and Kathy, having grown up in Indiana, also developed a professional life here. Kathy, you were a speech pathologist in the public school system. Mm-hmm. Uh, no small assignment. <laughs> And one that has direct impact on people's lives, I think. Yeah, I felt like I was really investing in the students' lives. For sure. And Mark, you also had a career. What were you doing? I did various things, but my main uh, focus was I was a, a dentist in Anderson, Indiana for 27 years. You say you were a dentist. You still are a dentist, but no longer practicing in Anderson. That's correct. Uh, I went back to school and, and received some uh, various degrees uh, to 
actually be able to provide more services medically in Haiti from uh, more toward internal medicine and more toward anesthesia and more toward emergency medicine uh, provision that I could do in, in that country. I did some of that here, but not to the degree I'm doing it in Haiti right now. So that title doctor is actually an expanding portfolio it's an expanding in your brain. Portfolio. Well, my <laughs> brain needs to expand more, but the uh, the, the title uh, is there, yes, yes for sure. whatever that's worth. And now <laughs> you've brought us back to Haiti because you're doing some medical work in Haiti. And uh, when we come back, I want to ask you a little bit about how that happened. I mean, how does the dentist and the speech pathologist who have three kids in the heartland of the United States find their way to Haiti, a place very much now in desperate need. We're talking to Mark and Kathy Fulton, who moved from Indiana to Haiti. Kathy, what was the most challenging part of the move? I'm not sure that the move itself would be the most challenging part. Once we were there, I think most missionaries that we know, once you get to the country, your destination country, the first several months, you're still in that sprint mode, as if you were on a a week or a two-week mission. But eventually, you find out you need to move into marathon mode rather than sprint mode. And I I think usually that takes about two years, maybe two and a half years, for people to realize what the rhythm is and that you have to be patient and changes are going to be slow and small and you're going to continue to get tripped up by language and culture misunderstandings, and that's going to be part of your journey. Uh, So I think just that transformation process of learning the language, learning the culture, uh, learning the speed with which you can move in a foreign culture like that, getting to know the people that you're working with, the, the nationals there, all of that is part of the process. So I think the most difficult part was moving through those first couple of years to figure out what will our life look like here. And you've been in it five years now. Yes, and I must say... I think it goes without saying that the most difficult part of it is going to be missing your friends and your family and and that sort of thing. But the next part would be what I just described. Would you say there's a sense of isolation? Uh, There is initially. Expats, as we call them, people from the U.S. or other places that are living in another country, uh, we tend to bond quite rapidly to each other because maybe we have more in common initially, um, and it takes a little bit longer to develop those relationships with the nationals. But you have long experience in Haiti, so you had some relationships already established. But it's different when you're actually moving into the neighborhood, so to speak. Yes. Uh, we we traveled back and forth to Haiti for 22 years, a week, two weeks at a time. Um, but we learned more about Haiti and her people and its culture in the first year that we lived there than we did the 22 years mm. prior. How did you prepare for the move? We did a lot of reading. We did a lot of uh, conversations with people who had been on the field who have transitioned back. I mean, God prepared us over those 22 years of traveling back and forth to get to know people, relationships there, um, nationals and expats in Haiti. Uh, So I think arriving there, we had a lot of advantages. Also, we had a lot of advantages once we got there because it was in the 2000s when we had FaceTime and (laughs) accessible, you know, phone. Technology made it a little easier. Technology made it much easier than the missionaries of old. So um, I think that was a big advantage to us too. And why Haiti? We've talked about your journey a little bit. You visited there and so on. But for a person who's not been to Haiti, why would you feel called? And we know the Lord has spoken to you about this, but what is it that you do there? What do they need from you 
there? Well, the, the call that came to us was in the medical realm. Because there is a big hole in the provision of medical care, especially in the rural areas of Haiti, as there are in many areas of the world. But Haiti um, had our hearts from that first trip in that we experienced some things that we had never experienced before. We were greeted and loved in ways by the uh, indigenous uh, people of Haiti in ways that I don't know that we had ever felt together in this country, been put together in this country. So it was a special draw on both of our hearts at that time. So once we continued to develop those relationships, it wasn't a matter of that we were helping them. It was a matter of we were helping our friends. It wasn't a them, it was very personal. And so God continued to place that on our hearts so that we wanted to help our friends out even more and more as time progressed. Kathy, when you and Mark talk about a call from God to go to Haiti, that's very important in your own personal journey. But as you've landed in Haiti, what does it actually mean? I mean, you're not there kind of solo. You've joined a team. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a huge deal to move from your home culture to another place. But Mark and I are the only foreigners who work at the Church of God Hospital in St. R. There's 64 Haitian employees. And we are so very impressed with their dedication, their love for the Lord, the, the lengths that they go to to make sure that they give the best possible care, fighting traffic, distance, uh, going back roads when, it, when necessary, uh, their dedication to the patients. It's definitely a team effort. And so you have found a place to live and to sleep most of the time in Port-au-Prince. That's the capital. Outside of the capital city, though, there's a, another smaller community called St. Ard, and that's where there's a, a compound or a, a campus of ministry. Uh, it's of long standing. I understand that it has an orphanage there. It has different things that have been going on for many years, but your call was to the hospital that's been established there, and you've been a party to that development of the hospital, even when you didn't live there. And that's now kind of the center of gravity for the work. Is that fair? And, and what, what's the medical need? You say they need medical help. Again, for someone who hasn't been there, what do they need at the St. Ard Hospital? Well, let me, let me take a step back and uh, give you a little bit of history. When we first started going to Haiti and visiting, there wasn't a facility like this in the area where we were serving. So we would serve uh, with others by going up to remote villages in the mountains and elsewhere to provide medical care that wasn't readily accessible to those in those areas. We would then return back to the United States and ask ourselves, now what's happening? Uh, and then what, after we left, uh, what, what would be that next phase? So God uh, placed it on our hearts as we continued to ask those questions, some what if questions. What if there were a facility built there that could provide care on a more ongoing basis? What if we could help provide jobs for the indigenous medical personnel who couldn't otherwise find good paying jobs? What if there were a facility that could be a place where uh, people from other countries could come and be educated from the Haitians and to the Haitians to share knowledge in a way that couldn't be done otherwise. So those what-ifs turned into a point that um, we shared with many others. And we're not builders, but we knew builders. Uh, and so people from not only Haiti, but from around the world came together and started building a facility 
under the auspices of the local Haitian people who had already identified the need that there needed to be a medical facility there, not only under their auspices, but from some other missionary friends uh, who had come alongside and, and identified that need. The local church in that area, when they did say, yes, we want this healthcare facility, they took up a collection and raised the equivalent of almost $80 US to start it. They knew it would need more, but they wanted to show their good faith and their goodwill in saying that we believe in this, we want this to happen. So from that point, the facility opened with a, a staff of three people in 2005, just a few days a week, seeing patients as they came. And from that point, it, it has evolved and uh, more services are provided as needed uh, today. And it has a staff of 64 today, which just is a measure of how the work has expanded its footprint. But it's still not able to meet all the need. But wow, it's, it's light years ahead of what you discovered when you first went there. And that's your calling. That's what Mark and Kathy are investing their lives in now, is the, the nourishment and the development and the delivery of life through this hospital at St. Art, which is altogether a Jesus project. Is that right? I mean, Absolutely. this is a ministry of Jesus. You're the body of Christ who's providing a healing touch. There, There is no doubt that the staff, the Haitian staff there, is providing a, a service that was not available uh, prior to the building of, of this facility. And when we look at our budget for this, it really shouldn't even be open. Christ has actually multiplied uh, what has been given to allow this uh, place to function. And all kinds of medical care can be found there now. I mean, Next week, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the delivery of babies and things, which uh, we take for granted often, but <laughs> that, that's an important part of the hospital's contribution to the health and well-being of that part of Haiti. Uh, but there are specialties, too. I mean, there's some eye uh, clinic there, in, in addition to dentistry, of course, and other kinds of general medicine. Is that true? All that, of that's happening. Uh, that's correct, and even more. And even more. Uh, <laughs> so fantastic. But all right, just before we run out of this program time, you're here in our studio today because in Haiti right now, there's tremendous unrest on the streets, and, and people can't pass or travel from place to place safely. What's going on? How would you describe it? There's just an, a level of unrest that we haven't seen, that Mark and I have not seen since we've been involved in Haiti. I would say this is the biggest historical event since the earthquake, uh, and it's not getting much press in the U.S. I don't know why. And we've had some level four travel advisories before, and we don't yet have that here. But this is this is a more intense situation than we've been when we've been under level four before. Uh, it's not safe for people to leave their homes for the most part, especially this this week that we're in right now. There's roadblocks, there's tire burnings, there's uh, there are some peaceful protests. Um, and then there's many violent protests. And it's throughout the whole country. It's not just isolated to Port-au-Prince. It's in the north, it's in the west. Uh, it's in the in all the big cities and in between, so people can't even pass through the main roads. And this is not just inconvenient street protests. These are life-threatening events where, where people can perish because they may cross down the wrong street or there's differing factions and contested neighborhoods, and you have to be certain, and you may not even be aware of where you are or who thinks they're claiming the ground you walk on. And mm -hmm. so that's what makes it so terrifying. And so you're here because even if you flew to Port-au-Prince today, you're not sure you could leave the airport. 
we probably would be able to leave the airport, but we may be stuck at the airport, as you said. If we could get through, we could get to our home, probably. And if we got to our home, probably we would not be able to leave easily. If we got to the hospital, which would be problematic, we would be stuck at the hospital. So we're not sure how we could serve Christ effectively. We felt that we might be better served and safer if we were back in the United States. Plus, we wouldn't be eating the food and using supplies that are necessarily needed to take care of people like our staff and patients who need those more desperately than we do, which we can access in this country. There's so much civil unrest that short supply of basic goods is in play. And that's always true in Haiti at a level, but now it has to be worse given all the disruption of traffic. I mean, Mark, how do you survive? You're living here day by day. You're actually on a knife edge right here waiting for what's going to happen next. When do we get to go back to the place that God has appointed us to be? And you're also carrying a heavy heart for the loved ones and the partners and friends that you have in Haiti right now who are living this very tragic nightmare. How do you survive that? Is there something in the scriptures? Is there something in your head and your spirit that just holds you steady? First of all, as you mentioned, my bags are packed and I can leave at a moment's notice as soon as the airlines could take me there. But in speaking to our staff today, they said, we need you here, but right now we don't want you here because we feel you would be safer and that we wouldn't have to worry about your well-being if you're in, in the United States. But they let us know they're praying for us because they understand our frustration, which is very humbling mm. because they're the ones in the, the, the trenches and the dire need. How do we survive with this uh, survivor's guilt, if you will, of not being able to be where we're called? It's difficult because our hearts are extraordinarily heavy, but we have to know that the God's in charge. This is going to be a blip in time at some point. Right now it's not, but it's, it's beyond our comprehension. But we know that it's not beyond God's comprehension. That's our only surviving fact. Mark, there's a scripture in Acts chapter 20. You've quoted to me before. It, it speaks about who you are, but it speaks about how you see yourself and Kathy too in this appointment to Haiti. Jimmy, what does that passage say? It says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Amen. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my
sure where you are in your life journey, but you've just listened to two people who have been evolving and growing and stretching and accepting the dare of God to use them to bring life, to bring blessing, to bring Jesus into a part of the world, into a neighborhood, into a a patch of earth that is in desperate need. Precious souls, great friends, all, but Mark and Kathy have been surrendered into the hand of God. And right now, this part of the world that they love so much is in great distress, but they're still waiting and watching and praying. And in your life, how about you? To what have you given yourself? What is the call of your life? Are you changing the world? Are you bringing life? We want you to know that Jesus has created you and knows you exactly who you are, as you are, and he has a purpose for you. It may not require you to leave home and move across the sea, but maybe even in your own place, in the town you call home, there's a dare for you to take. We want you to just reach out and surrender your life into the Lord's hands. 
You can do that right now by joining us in prayer. Yes, you can. Take a step. Make your life worth living. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today for the testimony of believers like Mark and Kathy and for your hand on their lives, knowing that their story is not just their story. It's your story. And that you have a story for each of us. And that in this world of so much brokenness, there is so much life and light to give and share. And that we find life ourselves when we are sharing it with others. I pray, Lord, that all who are joining me in this prayer might make the conscious decision to surrender, to recommit ourselves to something greater than ourselves. And in this case, to surrender into the cover, the redemption, and the future of Jesus Christ the Lord. We admit that we are flawed and we are not able ourselves. We know, Lord, that we're small and that we have all done wrong. We know that we cannot fix our lives or the world by ourselves, but we know also that you have come into this world, dear Lord Jesus, that we can be born again and have new life. And so we give ourselves to you and ask for that new life in us and that you'll help us to see our destiny in you. Right now we pray for Haiti. We pray for the people at the St. Art Hospital, at the Mission Compound there all. We pray for all the people in Haiti and for all the distress. Supernaturally, Lord, intervene to bring some calm and quiet and peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about how your life can be aligned with God, give us a call. If you'd like to know more about how you could help in Haiti, give us a call. If you'd like to share with us anything that's on your heart or request prayer, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone always, a live voice, ready, willing, anxious to hear from you. Now, Jamie, if someone did not want to give us a call but would prefer to check us out online, where would they go? They would go to www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can also send us an email, and we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Use the post office. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420 Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Mark and Kathy, thanks so much for joining us. We're anxious to talk some more. If you were going to say goodbye in Creole, the native language of Haiti, what would you say? You could just say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. That would work there. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us. And Jamie, always good to see you too. So good to be here. And we thank you for joining us. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue our conversation about Haiti with the Fultons. Until then, for all of us at the Church of God Ministries team, which is the host of our broadcast, for all of us at CBH Viewpoint, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.